0: In the final presidential debate last Wednesday, Donald Trump rightly questioned Hillary Clinton about why her foundation accepted money from countries where homosexuality is a crime punishable by death. Hillary, of course, had no answer for the question and chose instead to talk about Russia. Hillary is also silent about the treatment of gay people in America who support Donald Trump. According to Gateway Pundit, gay couple Cody Moore and Dewey Lanehart were interviewed at a massive Trump rally in Cincinnati in mid-October. The video has gone viral, with hundreds of thousands of views and comments. Many of those comments are threats of violence or calling the couple traitors to the gay community. It's not just gay Americans who face this. Black and Hispanic Americans are all too often called tokens who are asked how much they're being paid when they talk publicly about their support for Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton has nothing to say about these minorities, and she won't. Trump is right. She's coming back every four years to get their vote and then taking off and leaving for another four years. We have 15 days to find out if she'll get it. Welcome back to Campus Report. (laughs) Campus Report Okay. And now we are back. We took a week off. Uh, A lot of stuff going on over at the Liberty Conservative we had to take care of, but we are back now this week and big announcement coming here in the first minute of the show um, from here until the election, at least we're going to be doing a Monday program and a Thursday program. So Monday morning, we'll have a show up, and then Thursday morning, we'll have a show up as well. We're going to have so much to cover in these last 14, 15 days that it's it's imperative. You know, we have to do it. Uh, we have to do it if we want to cover the race accurately and thoroughly and in the depth that it deserves. So every Monday and Thursday from here out until the election, and then possibly after, we're still you know, trying to iron out a couple kinks with that, um, there will be a show every Monday, Thursday, so stay tuned and stay in touch with us here on the Facebook and here on the SoundCloud, and you will be the first to know, the first to, to see the shows when they get updated, uploaded, I should say. Um, cool, so we talked about, we talked about the uh, the issues going on with Trump supporters, issues going on with how they are treated, and this is something that I've actually experienced firsthand um, at you know different Trump events, uh, either here on my college campus or that I've seen online, where people who are Trump supporters, who are Hispanic, who are Black, are often really viciously attacked, and, and sometimes physically, but but oftentimes just questioned by oftentimes racial minorities, uh, people on the left, about why they support their candidate, and it's it's almost like they can't support their candidate without being accused of being a token or being accused of being a, a paid plant, and this is something that that I actually witnessed firsthand. Um, on my campus when we, we, we built the wall last Wednesday, as you may have seen in the in the news, it's uh it's sad and it's kinda of scary how um so many people I think this is this is very um it's a very effective strategy to keep intellectual diversity suppressed, where a lot of people who are ethnic minorities or racial minorities feel like they can't come out and talk about what they really feel about politics or they can't have an opinion that diverts from the mainstream in their racial group or in their ethnic group. And so they feel like they're forced; they have to have a certain opinion. They have to vote uh, to the left. They have to vote for a bigger government, for example, because that's just what everybody in there, in their social group, does. And they don't want to face ostraces. Um, they don't want to be ostracized if they disagree with that. All right. So uh, we have a lot to get to today. Uh, we begin with a piece of news that we actually broke yesterday at the Liberty Conservative. We we were the first ones to to write anything about this. Uh, the email had been going going around on WikiLeaks for um, an hour or so, and then and then we were the first ones to ever write about it. So uh, we we got there first, and it's it's pretty exciting stuff, pretty damning stuff too. But it talks about this email, this email from a Democratic operative uh, to some people at a research group, to some some employees of a research group. And it's from back in two thousand eight, but it's still re- relevant today. It's a a strategy document from 2008 where they're talking about oversampling. Now, if you pay attention and tune into the, the media at all, they're making a big deal about these polls. They're saying the polls show it's over. The polls show that Trump is down 12 points. Well, they do, but that doesn't mean it's a good poll. It doesn't mean it's an accurate poll. It doesn't mean that poll... Represents, or the poll uh, was conducted with people who represent the actual community of voters. If you did a poll of, let's say, African American women in 2008 or in 2012, you would say, "Hey, holy cow!" You know, 97 percent of people are going to vote for Obama. It's over. It's it's done, right? Because you polled all not all African American women who voted 97 percent to 3 percent for Obama. But is, that's not representative of the of the American electorate, right? The American electorate is a lot bigger than just African-American women. And so you can manipulate the results you want based on who you talk to, based on who you gather information from. If you call more, for example, uh, low-income neighborhoods, you're going to get more people who are favorable to the low-income candidate. And I believe, according to the LA Times tracking poll, that currently is uh, is... Hillary Clinton. Yeah, it's it's Hillary Clinton. Among people who make less than thirty five thousand dollars, Hillary Clinton has a commanding lead, fifty three percent to thirty four percent. So, if you poll only those people, you're going to get a, a lot stronger Hillary turnout. And as it turns out, this is a strategy that Democratic operatives have been discussing for a long time. In a document leaked by WikiLeaks, here um, from Atlas Strategy, Atlas Project. The Atlas Project is a leftward leaning. They openly say on the website, they're a progressive research institute that, uh, quote, provides an interactive platform for political research and data that helps the the progressive community make smart, effective, and cost-efficient decisions on electoral and issue advocacy campaigns with the mission of, quote, arming campaigns and progressive organizations with the insight, analysis, and tools to help avoid costly missteps and make better strategic decisions. The attachment is titled Selected Polling and Media Recommendations. And it describes in in pretty intimate detail how they can go on a state by state. And this, it's not just nationally. This is not just a national thing. It's on a state by state level to get the results they want from these polls. The types of people they should target to get what they want to hear from these polls. Um, the the first and biggest example is Arizona. There's polling coming out recently, as reported by the media, that suggests. That Trump may lose Arizona, red state, strong red state hasn't gone blue in a long time, and they're saying that Trump, Trump is just so controversial he may lose Arizona. Okay, well, um, yeah, according to Real Clear Politics here, Hillary's up one one and a half percent. So how did that happen? Well. <laughs> um, it's interesting when you look at the methodology. Uh, because according to the Arizona Secretary of State, the party registration among people in the state of Arizona is 35% Republican, 30% Democrat, and the rest with no party preference or no registration, or a, a third party, a Libertarian Party. So 35% are independents. As we know from this election cycle, independents are breaking strongly for Trump. So you have a state that's 35% Republican, 30% Democrat and 35% independent. So how would you expect that to be polled by the Arizona Republic here when they did their poll? How would you expect that to be polled? You'd expect their sample to be about 35% Republican, 30% Democrat, and and 35% no party or unaffiliated or Libertarian or Green Party. Well, you would be wrong. You would be a sucker because the poll actually sampled 57% Democrats, 23% Republicans, and 19% independents. Okay, so they sample twice as many Democrats as there actually are in the state. They sample twice as many Democrats as there actually are in the state. 12% fewer Republicans and 15% fewer independents. And then we're supposed to act surprised when Trump is down by one and a half points in the poll. We're supposed to be shocked when they go and sample 60% Democrats, nearly. Republicans, and then we're supposed to be surprised when Trump is down by one and a half points. Okay, this is just so obvious. It's so obvious when you look at the methodology what they're doing. When you look at the methodology of these polls, you can see clearly with no questions, no reservations, what is going on here, but people don't look at the methodology. People just look at the headlines. And the headlines and the media, the media will come out with the headline, Trump down in Arizona. And it's being done intentionally. It's being done intentionally. It's being done with the express intent of demoralizing Trump supporters and getting Trump supporters to stay home. Because they're going to feel like it's hopeless. They'll feel like it's over. They'll feel like it won't matter if they go and vote because it's just going to be rigged. It's not going to matter. Or, no, they're not saying it's rigged. But what, what they want Trump supporters to think is that he's just down by so many, it's just not even worth going out and taking the taking the hour to go to the polls. They just want people to think it's not even worth their time to go and exercise the right to vote. I don't know if it's going to be effective or not. I don't think it will. I think most people people now are, are smart enough to see through this, fortunately. Most of the Trump supporters I've talked to were smart enough to see through this, but of course that may just be a confirmation bias thing because I'm talking to mostly young people who have access to this information and they know how to read the methodology. Will this demoralize the older Trump supporters? I don't know. I don't think it will because people who are older tend to vote more. They tend to vote regardless if it's Trump running or or Romney running or McCain running. It doesn't matter. Mostly the old people, they'll usually show up and vote. But that millennial surge that Trump is counting on, which the campaign is counting on, on, on the millennial surge, is suspect to this, I, I think. I, I think it is. I'm not sure, of course. It's too early to say what effect this will have. But if we look at, at youth demographics, here, the 18 to 34 demographic, Trump was leading this for a while. Uh, it's been going back and forth. But currently, Hillary Clinton leads 44.6% to 37% among young people. And that's, that's according to LA Times-USC. And that is actually a pretty good number for Trump. 37% of the youth vote is a pretty good number for Donald Trump because normally Republicans get get shellacked. And actually, there's a chance, I don't know any young people who are excited to vote for Hillary. I've talked to uh, Democrats, I've talked to Democrat operatives, I've talked to people who have run Democrat campaigns here locally um, and nationally. And what they're telling me is they have a huge enthusiasm problem with young hillary supporters the young democrats they expected and they, who would have gladly gone to the polls for bernie are not enthused about voting for hillary clinton i mean hillary clinton did call them all basement dwellers or her, her campaign called them all basement dwellers and so of course young people aren't going to be excited to vote for hillary no why would you expect them to be so I mean, they're trying to bring out Katy Perry and all this stuff. It's not going to work. I I don't think Hillary's going to have the number she currently has with Trump supporters. At all of the Trump meetups I've been to, we have to be careful about where we have them because we oftentimes can't have them at bars because we have too many people who are, are 18, 19, 20, who can't go to the bar, who are too young. And so you're seeing a lot of youth come in for the Trump campaign. You're seeing a lot of youth support that I don't think is being pulled. I don't believe it's being pulled at all. Or, or not accurately anyways, because there's so many young people coming in for the first election, voting for Trump, with their first ever presidential ballot, and it's it's huge, it, it's a huge upswing in, in turnout, and so all this is to say the the polls are not accurate, okay, the polls are not accurate, 57% Democrat sample in Arizona, which is a 35% Republican state, is not an accurate sample. But the the leaked email here reveals that, quote, oversamples would be key to, quote, maximize what they get out of their media polling. Okay, so, so it's intentional. It's all in the WikiLeaks. The WikiLeaks email reveals it's all intentional. It's intentionally being done by the Democratic operatives, by the media, which is the same thing, in order to set up a false sense. It's almost a false reality. So it's a false reality going into the election where Trump supporters expect that they're going to get schlonged. They're ex- they're expecting a loss because all the polling right now is suggesting that they're that they're doing poorly. And it's not just Arizona. Okay, it's not just Arizona. Ohio is another state that Trump needs to win. Trump needs to win Ohio. And the the poll that found Clinton ahead of the state sampled 37% Democrats, 31% Republicans. The last poll out of Iowa to find Clinton ahead 37% Democrats, 31% Republicans. It also sampled 78, 77% whites, 78%, 78% whites. Okay. Ohio is a state that is 82.3% white. It's, it's 83%. So they they undersampled whites by 5 or 6%. Okay. Um, white voters nationally are breaking 54% for Trump, 34% for Hillary. So... and and trump in this poll from from ohio was only down a couple percentage points by the way he was only down a few points and so you know a little bit of of gamesmanship there with the with the race demographics will skew that and it did and and it skewed it for for trump because if you if you had that poll accurately taken that percentage gap would disappear it would disappear and, and trump would be either tied or in the lead um there in ohio according to real clear politics at press time yesterday. Trump was up 0.4%, so there's there's still hope there. Uh, North Carolina is another state where this is being done. 39% of the state's registered voters are Democrat. The most recent polling sampled 42% Democrats and only 25% independents. 30% of the state's population is independent, and that's another strong Trump demographic. So they're playing little games with this. It's not huge. I mean, some of them are huge. The Arizona polls, that's huge. That's obvious. Anybody who looks at that methodology will know that's wrong and it's skewed. But in states like North Carolina, in states like Ohio, they're they're being careful and they're only manipulating it by a couple percentage points. But it's still being done, and they're and they're still changing the numbers just enough to get the results they want. They're getting the results that, that show Trump down one, Trump down two, and then they're going to keep getting those results up until election day. Okay. And so so when Trump talks about a rigged election, he's right. It's being rigged by the polling companies and it's being rigged by the media who is complicit in all of this. The media is absolutely complicit in this poll rigging because they know better. You know, a lot of these people in the media, I know a lot of communications majors, a lot of communications majors are not you know, geniuses, but there are some really smart people in the field. There are some really smart people who go into media and, and know exactly what they're doing. I know a lot of good reporters, and a lot of the people who go into the media know exactly what this process is like, and they would be the ones to be able to to read the methodology and call it out. They would be able to recognize when the polls are being rigged, but they're not doing it. They're not doing it because as the WikiLeaks have confirmed... The Clinton campaign is, is essentially giving marching orders to the media. The Clinton campaign is giving marching orders to the mainstream media, and they're not going to call this out. They're not going to blow the whistle on this because this is what their bosses want them to do. This is exactly what their bosses want them to do. There is a bright spot um, for all of us. All of us in this, I, I think that you know the media. The media has two choices, and this is how I conclude the article here. Um, On the Liberty Conservative. Uh, You can read it. uh, It's called Rigged, Leaked Emails, Reveal Media, Rigging Polls for Hillary. Check it out at the Liberty Conservative.com. We'll link it below. And I conclude the article with with the proposition that, okay, the media is going to have one of two choices, or they'll have two choices and they'll have to make one of two choices. One, they can either keep this up, they can keep this up, and they can keep rigging the polls for the next 14, 15 days, and show and, and continue to present this false narrative that Hillary is destroying Donald Trump. Okay, one of the polls that came out a couple days ago had Trump down 12 points nationally. They don't even release re- release their methodology anymore. Most of these polls aren't even release, uh, releasing their methodology. They're not putting their methodology out, <laughs> out, out there because they want to keep it covered up. They want to keep it a secret. They want to keep it a secret that they're probably sampling, you know, 40% African Americans enabled uh, in order to skew the trump vote downward enable to skew the hillary vote higher this is not against african-americans it's just saying they vote predominantly for democratic candidates and they vote predominantly for hillary and so if they can intentionally sample more african-americans intentionally sample more hispanics intentionally sample fewer white people or more poor people or fewer rich people they'll get the results they want they'll get the results they want and then they won't tell you about it You know, some of the pollsters are at least trying to maintain a semblance of honesty, and they're releasing their methodology. A lot of these pollsters aren't. A lot of them aren't. They're not even putting out their methodology anymore. You can't even tell how many people they sample. You can't even tell what demographics they sample anymore. Because it's not about accurate polling anymore. It's all about uh, presenting the narrative. It's all about presenting the narrative that Hillary is winning by a landslide. She's, She's destroying Trump nationally. And so they're not even trying to be honest. Honestly it's a it's a disgrace to journalism what they're doing. So the media has two choices. One they can keep it up, or they can they can pull back the curtain on the Wizard of Oz and and say, Wow, you know, late fourteen day surge for Trump. Of course, I don't think the head of of uh, Rasmussen polling and of NBC wants to, you know, commit suicide with three shots at the back of the head, so I don't think that's very likely. Okay, I don't think it's very likely that they'll, they'll suddenly uh, ooh, decide uh, all of a sudden be honest with the, with the results they're presenting. Probably not. So what's likely to happen is what happened with Brexit, where they started really, really heavily skewing the polls at the end. They were really, really trying to demoralize the Leave campaign and suggest that it was over. It's over. We'll never Brexit. It'll never happen. On the day that the Britons went to the poll, the day that the Britons went to the polls in June, there was a poll released that had Remain with a ten point advantage. Remain was up ten. Okay, that would that would just be insurmountable. And so a lot of people, arguably, I mean, this is what they were trying to do, were demoralized by that. Their goal, I should say, I, I can't say that a lot of people were demoralized, but the goal of that was to demoralize the Leave campaign and have them not even show up. The goal was to, to tell them, this is hopeless, don't even bother coming out today. What you're going to do isn't going to matter, your vote's not going to matter. Stay home, we're staying in the, in the EU, it's over. Ten points, We can't. you can't surmount that. Ten points is insurmountable. Well, the votes happened, and the votes came in. And by that night, or I guess I should say early morning in England, they had voted to leave by 4%, which is a, a pretty decisive margin. So we've seen it before. Uh, Trump has actually referred to his candidacy as, quote, America's Brexit. And I think there's a lot more, a lot more similarities than, uh, <laughs> than he may be consciously aware of between Brexit and uh, his candidacy. Because they're really skewing the polls here, they're they're really throwing everything they can at Trump. And here's the here's the the rub: they played their October surprise too early. This whole Trump is a rapist thing, it didn't work. Nobody cared about it. Uh, this is something that Alex Jones actually reported: is that the uh, the level of of Google searches for WikiLeaks was like a hundred times in some cases more than than Trump victims or Trump accusers. And not that everything Alex Jones says is necessarily factual, but, but you can look at the Google Trends and you can, you can see that. You can see that the general population just didn't really care about the whole Trump accusers because they know it was political. They know it was a political tool, probably funded by the Clinton campaign, to try to bring him down. But the Clinton campaign, campaign played themselves. They did it too early. Nobody cares about it anymore. Nobody's thinking about it anymore except the brain-dead leftists on your college campus. And it's, it's a big mistake for Clinton. I mean, I don't know who's running her campaign, but their plan right now is to, is to leave her in the crypt. She has three rallies scheduled from now until Election Day, three events. Their plan is to, to pop her back in that cryo chamber, keep her there, and, and not let her out, and just hope they can run out the clock on Trump. I don't think it's going to work. I I don't think it's going to work. I think they play themselves too early. They play their their trump cards, so to speak, too early. And cuz now Trump is on the offensive and Trump has the momentum right now. I mean, coming out of the of the last debate, he was a clear winner. The CNN um and not to cite CNN as factual or anything, but the CNN focus group they did found that, you know, 2 to 1, 11 to 5 literally people voted sided with Trump after the event. And they were more inclined to vote for Trump than they were for Clinton. Because he, he got in some really solid shots on her. For example, about why she accepted money from countries where gays are abused, as we talked about in the lead. And then she, she pivoted, oh, we need to talk about Russia. And then and then Trump, um, actually, sorry, this was on the open borders question, where Chris Wallace got her. Chris Wallace debated Hillary better than Trump did, by the way. Chris Wallace questioned her about her, her open borders email. And she said, oh, well... You know we need to we need to be really scared because Russia did this and Trump said hey you know that's a very clever pivot from the fact that you want open borders and so Trump got her there and he he got her several times throughout the debate I think he wasn't uh, his their speaking styles were definitely revealed if you if you weren't aware of him already where she is very robotic and he is very off the cuff and has a tendency to ramble and what what he says doesn't really make sense when you write it out. But it sounds better when you actually hear him say it. So I, I think he did well. I, I think he did well in the debate. And that's not just me saying it. That is what the polling suggests. If you look at the the most accurate poll of 2012. They're calling this the most accurate poll of 2012. This is Investors Business Daily. Does a, a tracking poll. And as of October 23rd, Trump was ahead by two points at 43%. Hillary was at 41% um october 19th october 20th october 21st they had both held steady they both held steady at, uh, at i believe here 40 percent so trump you know came out came out ahead after the debate and and that's not the only poll where he he uh, improved after the debate um there are, are others coming out as well um the la times tracking poll which has about a week delay is is suggesting that he uh, he took a couple points dip right before the debate. So we'll see what happens um, with that with that uh, in a couple days when the when the re- reactions from the debate start coming in because um, they do a week week long tracking poll and you can actually see that um, throughout their their polling. I mean, after the second debate, he he bottomed out at 439 three uh, nine and then got up to forty four nine, which was a, a two point lead over Hillary in the days after that second debate. So we will see where that goes. I, I think it's it's more optimistic than people are, are letting on. Um, of course, the media is, is doing everything they can to to suggest that it's it's over. Um, but, you know, I think people see through that. People are seeing through it. People are seeing the methodology rigged. Wikileaks is proving it's rigged. And all you have to do is read the emails and you'll see that the, the polling and the media they're both rigged to, uh, to benefit Hillary Clinton. And it's being directed by the Clinton campaign oftentimes. So, moving on from what is happening domestically, we're going to talk a little bit about international issues. Yes, it's going to be like a, like a history class, like, like your foreign policy lecture. Um, last night, this was Sunday night for those in the U.S., the French government made the decision... To clear out the Clay Jungle Migrant Camp. Yes, it finally happened. It finally happened. They they came in, they took out the jungle, and I, I could not be more happy, more ecstatic about this. The jungle, for those of you who don't know, was just a in the words of Obi-Wan Kenobi a, a wretched hive of scum and villainy that was in downtown Paris, or not downtown Paris, it was in uh in a in a wooded area in calais which is right across the english channel and 1200 french police came in and this is of course where there had been you know dozens of rapes a ton of violence this is where you know if you wanted to, to question the whole narrative that oh the refugees are just women and children all you have to do is look at calais and look at the demographics of calais it's 90 percent men it's 90 percent men in there and The whole women and and children narrative is just absolutely not factual. So anyways, 1200 French police, this is from Zero Hedge, began the process of relocating the camp's 8,000 migrant residents to 450 separate facilities across France. Uh, Continuing, the plan calls for a mass evacuation to be conducted Monday and Tuesday with heavy machinery expected to be set in Tuesday afternoon to clear any remaining debris and officially demolish the camp. That said, many of the migrants chose not to leave peacefully, launching rocks at French police and setting fires to property adjacent to the camp. Now, these are your peaceful, your peaceful Muslim refugees. They're they're coming here peacefully and they they want peace and they want to integrate, and that's why they're throwing rocks at French police and committing arson. Because they, they're really here peacefully. you know. These are the women and children. These are the women and children. Let them in. Let them open. You know, open your borders up for them. Let them into your country. Let them integrate. Give them your social services. Give them everything they want. Don't be a racist. And let them stone your police and commit arson to your property. Right. This is why people are skeptical of Hillary Clinton wanting a 550% increase in in the amount of, quote, Syrian refugees that we take into the country. Because, A, we know they're not Syrian. You know, you can look at what they do on the shores when they are about, are about to leave for Italy and about to leave for Greece. They burn their Somali passports, they burn their African passports, and they come to Europe claiming to be Syrian. You can also just look at a lot of these people in Calais and you can tell they're not Syrians. You know, you can you can tell that they are not of syrian descent they are clearly from sub-saharan africa many of them and (laughs) but you can't question that you can't you can't ask that question otherwise you're you're insensitive so and this is what it got this is what opening your borders got you france this is what you get when you open your borders germany you know germany's realizing it Germany's realizing it. I mean, or Merkel is pretending to realize it because she doesn't want to get absolutely demolished by AfD in the upcoming elections. Merkel is is making overtures towards needing strong migrant controls, whether she's genuine or not. You know, she's probably not because she's she's another snake politician. But this is why you're seeing the rise of the white right, not rise of the right-wing populist movement in Europe and to an extent in the united states because you know these these political parties in europe have totally abandoned the needs of the citizens and have catered towards the needs of foreign nationals this is not to say that that these right-wing parties are great on everything i mean they they do want bigger government in some cases they do want in many cases they do want to to institute more controls over the the population but you know speaking from a purely psychological and and political psychology perspective when you abandon the needs of your people for so long the people are going to flock towards someone who is who is a tough guy who's a strong man who's going to stick up for them in their minds and that's why people are flocking to norbert hofer in austria um news came out a couple days ago that the the man the iraqi man who raped a 10 year old boy in austria and called it a quote sexual emergency his conviction was overturned they're letting him walk free in austria do you think that's not going to cause more people to say, screw it, I want my country back, I'm voting for Hoffer? It is. <laughs> this is how it happens. I mean, these European governments, I mean, thankfully, Europeans are waking up to this, and Europeans are realizing that they need their country back. And I'm looking here at footage from the from the Calais refugee camp. These are entirely men. Every single person in this, in this shot is a man. Okay, and they're not Syrian. They're not Syrian. They're sub-Saharan African these are economic migrants they're not refugees they're not refugees at all and it's it's just sad to see how how many people have fallen for it and to see the extent that Europeans have fallen for it but they're beginning to wake up thankfully the jungle is being destroyed now of course these people are not being deported as they probably should they're being rehomed across the uh, across the french countryside so definitely expect more clashes in the future um but it's interesting, interesting to see how the, the alternative media, so to speak here, like Zero Hedge, is looking at this versus how the New York Times is looking at it. Um, New York Times, five headlines here. A quote, France clears jungle camp at Calais, dispersing thousands of migrants. I am alone. Migrant children in Calais, jungle, face an uncertain fate. Migrant children, alone and desperate in Calais, look to Britain with hope a french underground railroad moving african migrants okay they're literally comparing african migrants many of them who are isis fighters to freed slaves they're comparing the, the oftentimes isis <laughs> fighters in europe who've infiltrated the refugee population to freed american african slaves they've co- they've totally jumped the shark they have totally jumped the shark they are not even trying to hide their agenda anymore They are comparing the people who are infiltrating and invading a foreign country with people who were treated like... Who who were slaves. They were literally slaves. Africans in America were literally slaves. They were not given camps to live in. They were not given social services. They were not given stipends, New York Times. Like these, quote, refugees were. Okay? You cannot even compare, honestly, the treatment of African, Muslim, Arabian migrants who are invading. And this is not just me saying it. This is people who are in Britain, in France, in Germany, saying it. They are being invaded. They know they're being invaded. Norbert Hofer, the Freedom Party candidate for president in Austria, who's probably going to win, has said that they need to close the pass. Frau Capetri, the um, AFD, Alternative for Deutschland candidate in Germany, Said they need to have a shoot-on-site policy with migrants who cross the border illegally. So it's not just me saying it that they're being invaded. This is what the Europeans are saying. They they know they're being invaded. It is not an underground railroad. Okay, it is not some kind of underground railroad. Oh, I just saw that. I didn't see that before the show. That is irritating. That should be irritating for every. That should be irritating for every African American in this country to have the plight of their ancestors compared with how these migrants are being treated in europe many of these migrants are rapists look at rotherham look at cologne too many cases of rape too many cases of sexual mistreatment of women too many cases of people being radicals who are being brought into europe without any vetting because they can't be vetted they can't be they can't be vetted at all they're just brought in by the boatload into europe not vetted at all and Hillary Clinton wants more of that here. Hillary Clinton wants 550% more of these people, many of whom are rapists, many of whom want Sharia law, many of whom will have six, seven, eight children who will then vote for bigger government. Hillary wants them here. Hillary wants to import the next Democratic voter base, and it's 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 refugees. It's refugees. And, and they're going to cause terrorism, too. You know, It's not like it's just a demo- demographic invasion. It is terrorism i mean many of these people are terrorists the director of homeland security has said in no uncertain terms they don't know how to treat them or they don't know how to vet them sorry they don't know how to vet these people and hillary wants 550 percent more of them people who are, are stoning police who are setting fires to property you can just look at the videos on youtube the ones that haven't been censored of how the migrants—they're going around in mobs, beating up native French people. They're going around beating up, beating up French nationals around Calais. It's—it's—it's it's, it's an invasion. It's absolutely a, a proposed invasion of this country. Um, it's something that, you know, if we are smart, we will look to Europe and see what's going on, and we will say, "Heck no, not in our country. No thanks. We don't need it." We don't need it here. But of course, uh, the, the globalists would like it to come here. Globalists would love it to come here. And so as such, they are they are pushing for that. Um, coming back to U.S. politics for just a minute, and then we'll wrap up here on our, on our return, our triumphant return to campus report. Uh, Donald Trump on October 22nd, which I guess would be Saturday, delivered a speech in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, presenting his plan uh, for what he wants to do in his first 100 days in office. So it's a, it's a step-by-step plan. We'll go through it here. Um, he's calling it the contract with the American voter. Of course, this is a refugee... Er, not a re- i got refugees on the mind. A reference to the contract with America, uh, which was originally a, a Newt Gingrich proposal and idea. Um, so we'll go through his proposals here and, and talk a little bit about what he wants to do to reform, um, reform American government overall because I mean, stuff here touches on, on every single facet, really, of, uh, of American government. So first, who wants to propose a constitutional amendment to impose term limits for all members of Congress? That's something Rand Paul has talked about. It's something I don't really, I, I don't know, <clears throat> excuse me, where I am on term limits. I think that you know there's the practical good side of it that would prevent um, or at least in theory prevent people from being, becoming too corrupt, from getting too in bed with corporations and, and donors and lobbyists and all that. And, you know. Secondly, I think that people have a right to choose their representative. I think people have a right to choose who represents them, and this may actually lead to uh, like a revolving door where somebody is in the House for for two years or for six years, sorry, which is his proposed limit, and then they serve in the Senate for two terms, and then they come back to the House, and and it just goes over and over. You know, it's it it's a it'll play well with people who want to limit corruption and limit corporate influence. I just don't know if it's if it's constitutional or not. But of course they would be amending the Constitution to do it so it, it would be constitutional if, if they did um, second a hiring freeze on all federal employees to reduce federal workforce through attrition good I like that that is a good plan it'll make federal employees work harder work smarter incentivize um, you know automation where possible and, and streamlining of of the workplace uh, third a requirement for every new federal regulation two existing regulations must be eliminated <sighs> I like the spirit of that, but it'll be super easy to get around because all you'll have to do is just roll things into into new codes, right? It'll just condense three codes into one and say, oh, we eliminated regulations, but they'll still exist. Fourth, a five-year ban on White House and congressional congressional officials becoming lobbyists after they leave government service. This on its face seems like it would be illegal, but actually it is because the the government licensed lobbyists You need to get a, a license to be a lobbyist and so they have the power to to choose who they license or not so i think that's that's not objectionable fifth a lifetime ban on white house officials lobbying on behalf of a foreign government looking at you bill clinton sixth a complete ban on foreign lobbyists raising money for american elections difficult to enforce but i like the spirit so generally that the corruption proposals um they'll play well with with a lot of voters but i don't know how enforceable or how legal they will be so now we get to his plans for american workers first he will announce the intention to renegotiate nafta or withdraw good we need to do one of those two. Second, he will announce the withdrawal from the trans-pacific partnership (TPP). good uh, third he will direct the secretary of treasury to label china a currency manipulator okay good they are Fourth, so are we to an extent. Fourth, I will direct the Secretary of Commerce and the U.S Trade Representative to identify all trading abuses that have unfairly, that unfairly impact American workers and direct them to use every tool under American and international law to end those abuses immediately. Okay, good, enforce the law. Fifth, Trump will lift the restrictions on producing50 uh, trillion dollars worth of oil. Um, including energy reserves, including oil, natural gas, clean coal. Okay, good. Deregulate it. Sixth, lift the Obama-Clinton roadblocks and allow vital energy infrastructure projects like the Keystone Pipeline to move forward. Good. Yes, <laughs> we need to be independent. Uh, on on We need to be independent and using our own oil, not dependent on foreign oil. Seventh, cancel billions in payments to the U.N. climate change programs. Good. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to do that. It's a prisoner's dilemma. It is a prisoner's dilemma. Um, Okay, moving quickly here, five actions to restore security and constitutional rule of law. First, cancel every unconstitutional executive action issued by President Obama. Good. Cancel Bush's too. Cancel the unconstitutional executive actions issued by President Bush. And would be on on the right path. Second, begin the process of selecting a replacement um, uh, Supreme Court justice, good. Third, cancel all fund, federal funding to sanctuary cities, good. Fourth, begin removing the more than 2 million criminal alien immigrants from the country and cancel visas to foreign countries who won't take them back. Yes, we're going to send them back. It's going to be great. Send them back. Fifth, suspend immigration from terror-prone regions where vetting cannot safely occur. Smart, this is actually what Rand Paul proposed. Rand Paul proposed this in what he called the SECURE Act, which was temporarily restricting immigration and visas from, I believe, like 22 countries he identified as being high-risk. Good. I like it. Um, it'll make us safe. And it's not a violation of anyone's rights, too, which is which is nice because you can't sacrifice your rights for security, and the fact that we don't have to do that here is very encouraging. Um, and then he proposes some pieces of legislation... Uh, One is the Middle Class Tax Relief and Simplification Act, uh, which would reduce the number of tax brackets from 7 to 3. Great. Reducing corporate tax from 35 to 15%. Good. Because then companies will actually pay it instead of going overseas with it. Uh, And the Offshoring Act, which is establishing tariffs. Um, Yeah, you know, there's a debate to be had about how free our trade should be. Third is the American Energy and Infrastructure Act, which leverages public-private partnerships and private investments through tax incentives. You know, whether or not the, the federal government should be involved in that, you know, who knows. Although I do think we do need to make improvements to our infrastructure. As Trump says, our airports oftentimes are comparable to third world countries. Uh, six, Affordable Child Care and, oh, sorry, five, Repeal and Replace Obamacare Act. Six, Affordable Child Care and Elder Care Act. Seven, and Illegal Immigration Act, which fully funds the wall. Great. Eight is Restoring Community Safety Act. Nine is uh, Restoring National Security Act. And ten is Clean Up Corruption in Washington Act. And you can find all of these on Trump's website. It's a press release called The Contract for the American Voter. And some good stuff in there and some, some proposals that, you know, are not are not so uh small government oriented in there as well so a mixed bag but but generally i believe more more good than bad coming there from from trump and his 100 days plan so that is all the time we have today uh for campus report um we will be back like i said on thursday we'll be back on thursday and then every monday and thursday up until the election we'll try to do something live for the election too we'll we'll try to work that out um no promises I, i may be off site i uh, may be maybe off uh, campaigning on election day but we'll, we'll see what's going on with that um well i'm sure we could organize something for for the liberty conservative uh some kind of election results wrap up or podcast get something done to uh to bring this whole crazy election election cycle it has been crazy hasn't it uh bring this whole crazy election cycle to a close uh with you here on the liberty conservative but stay tuned for thursday i'll be back and then back again on Monday, and then another Thursday, and I think, looking at how many shows we're going to do here. Uh, after today, one, two, three, and then four four shows. Four shows before the election is held. So what will happen? What will change? Will the polls become unrigged? We will see. Stay tuned here, and you will find out on Campus Report. I'm James Alsop, and thank you for listening. Check out thelibertyconservative.com, and I will see you on Thursday.